that our presentation. Hello everybody, it's Raul Smith. Welcome to another episode of the Closing Tag Podcast. This is episode 17, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is the NBA Preview 2021-22 episode of the Closing Tag. Originally, this was going to be a video-only episode on Facebook and YouTube uh, with Ben Phipps, but Ben could not make it. So we uh, changed course a little bit, and we are going with a fellow jazz fan and a Twitch streamer, T-J-A-Y-G-A-M-E-Z, that's T-J Games. Uh, He's going to be joining us, and we're going to be very short, very to the point. Uh, I will probably do a little bit more uh, in-depth on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, at some point. We're also hoping to have another interview lined up within the next couple weeks uh, to make it for our October 16th deadline. So kind of keep an eye out for that. I do want to remind you that this episode and every episode of the Closing Tag podcast is sponsored by Galactic Blue your professional web development, graphic design, and logo design resource. Visit galacticblue.net for more information on how your business can benefit from our services. And I just want to remind everybody in the Ogden, Utah area that on October 21st, the Telltale Heart premiere will be happening at the Megaplex in downtown Ogden, Utah. Tickets are free and are available. Come say hi and come watch an amazing horror movie with me. That would be awesome. So with that out of the way, let's go ahead and switch over to the NBA preview episode with TJ Games. And yeah, that's all I got. See you guys later. Hello, fellow NBA fans. No, this is not Bob Costas and Bill Walton. This is the Closing Tag NBA Special 2021-22. I'm Raul Smith, and I am joined by a fellow jazz fan and Twitch streamer, TJ. What's up, my man? How you doing, man? How you doing? Doing well, doing well. So now with this review, we're going to do things kind of abbreviated a little bit uh, compared to what I had originally planned. So I'm going to touch on 10 key storylines throughout the league. Just kind of get your thoughts on them as we go. Sound good? Yep. Sounds great. All right. So I'm going to start with the Chicago Bulls. I'm about to make a bold prediction, one that I don't think too many people share. You ready? I think the Bulls are a playoff team. And the reason I think so is this. They've acquired a lot of really good young talent. Uh, This team now has DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams from North Carolina, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic, all of which they have granted at the expense of some of their more offensively inclined players like Alperu Gaminu and Mori Markkanen. But on paper, could you see the Bulls be a sleeper team that nobody expects, kind of similar to what the Knicks were last season? Absolutely. 
Uh, I'm 100% with you there. I've always thought the Bulls this year will be a playoff team. Okay. Um, and then uh, just with the boatload of talent, I'm not sure even with that talent, the Bulls are going to be higher than sixth. But, um, you know, keep in mind the Bulls franchise have not won more than 41 games since 2016. That was when Fred Hoiberg was the head coach and Jimmy Butler was uh, in Chicago, surprisingly enough. So uh, let's move on to the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending NBA champions. Uh, main core is mostly back. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, Chris Milton, Bobby Portis, all still leading the charge. Now they've got guys like George Hill, Grayson Allen, Rodney Hood, and Justin Robinson. My guess, I guess my question is twofold. How much of an impact will finally winning the big one last year prove to be for this team's confidence? And how likely are we to see this team back in the NBA Finals? Uh, let's see. Back in the NBA Finals, I can see it happening. Um, the Nets are there. So there's a little bit of going on with the Nets right now. You know, a little uncertainty, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We'll <laughs> touch I mean, on that. Was, yeah, oh, yeah we'll, we'll get there. Um, yeah, I can see the Bucks or Nets in there. Yeah. Full, full strength for each team. Either one has a chance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one knock that many, myself included, have always had on Mike Budenholzer is, yeah, he's a great regular season head coach, but uh, can we finally admit to ourselves once and for all that maybe he's just a great coach, no qualification needed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, he, he, I think he's great. Awesome. And then let's uh, switch over, like you mentioned, to the Nets. Uh, you know, roster builders are either having a field day or a meltdown, depending on who you ask. Kyrie Irving is likely to miss at least half the season due to, of all things, refusing to abide by the league's vaccine mandate. KD is still KD. I think he's probably, you know, one of the two or three best players in the league right now. And James Harden, granted, is a step older. But they did add Patty Mills and Paul Millsap. Where do you see the Nets team compared to last year's team kind of on the Eastern Conference pecking order? I have them number one. You have the number um, one? I do. Mm -hmm. awesome. Even with Kyrie not playing half the games, uh, I think, you know, last year he played, what, maybe half the game, a little more than half. And then James Harden was out a lot and Kevin Durant was out a lot. Like, you know, to me, they figured it out already. They can rest one star every game if they need to. Yeah, I think that's uh, one thing that people don't seem to understand. Like, they're used to playing without Kyrie already, so it's probably not going to matter much for them. And I think another thing people tend to overlook is just not only how well KD has played up to this point in Brooklyn, but the fact that I and many other people, probably you as well, have practically threw dirt on this man's career when he had that horrific Achilles injury a few years ago. I know the casuals love to talk about LeBron all the time, but putting aside our absolute disdain for the big market teams, how great for the league is this comeback story by Kevin Durant? Oh, he needed it, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like when he left OKC to go to the Warriors, you know, he got a lot of crap. Yeah. You know, so like this is a big come up for him. 
lot of his haters don't hate as much now. You know, he he's proven that he is one of the best. No, absolutely. TJ is joining us. Uh, so kind of transitioning now to another train wreck, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers and the train wreck being Ben Simmons. I've been a basketball fan, fan for a long time, and I'm not sure I've seen anything like this. Despite the fact that I think Philadelphia somehow overcomes all this insanity and actually makes the playoffs, have you ever seen a colossal train wreck the likes of Ben Simmons, and do you think his career is salvageable? I th- I th- <laughs> I'm not a huge Ben Simmons fan, obviously, but um, yeah. I think he can make a comeback. I really do. I think he can get a shot. Um, he he's really good. He's really good defensively. Yeah, and you know, I think he can fit on most teams. If he can get a shot, he's yeah, you know, <laughs> he's dangerous. Yeah. Do you think he does so on a contender? Or do you think he has to go someplace like Orlando or Houston um, to make it happen? I think he'd have to go somewhere to make it happen. Yeah. I don't think he's going to go on a built team already and contribute as much as he thinks he can. You know. Yeah. I think Daryl Morey's full of himself if he thinks he's getting that kind of a, a load for him. Um, I think part of the reason why I think Philadelphia has a shot of making the playoffs is their big man and potential MVP candidate, Joel Embiid. How much of Philadelphia's success going forward is going to fall on the performance or lack thereof of Embiid? Uh, it's, he's going to be huge. Um, who who is their backup point guard right now? Like who's going to take Ben Simmons' spot if he's not playing? Seth Curry. Seth. Okay, you know that's great. <laughs> Seth yeah. is good. Um, you know, in the worst case scenario, they still have George Niang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Georgie man went to the wrong team. Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, they have they have good weapons still. They got Tobias. Um, which he's going to step it up as well. He's going to have to anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, Seth Curry, he's going to – I think he's going to do really well. Yeah. Actually, Agreed. if Ben doesn't play. I think he might come to his senses eventually. Like, losing all that money, I don't think he's just going to sit there and lose it all. Yeah. Like, even AD in New Orleans, you know, he he wanted traded, but he would still – you know, they didn't play him that at that much, you know. But – he still went in like fourth quarter, the required amount, you know. Yeah. So he didn't lose that money. He would still play for the team he didn't want to play for to get the money. So yeah. I think Ben Simmons might do that. It's going to be a late decision, though. Yeah. It's going to be one of those 11th hour decisions for sure. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And ultimately, if he does end up getting traded, uh, probably before the deadline, who do you see him going to? Um, you know, I really thought the Denver thing was real. Yeah. Like they were going to go for him, you know, because, uh, Jamal Murray, he's coming off an injury. Yeah. And he's not going to be a hundred percent. He's going to take a while to get to that. And I think they could have offloaded him easy to get a replacement star point guard. But I think Denver's too loyal to do that. Hmm. I don't know. It's, yeah. I mean, it's possible. 
I mean, maybe, yeah. and, and I've always thought of it this way, like Ben Simmons to me, aside from the defense and the ball handling just isn't a point guard. Like to me, yeah. he's more of a, a three or four, uh, especially if you're playing, you know, stretch small ball type of uh, offensive scheme. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. His his size and everything, he needs to be a 3-4. Yeah. But his size advantage against other guards is huge as well. Absolutely. Yeah. TJ is joining us for a little bit. So one team that is kind of sad to see fall on such hard times lately is the San Antonio Spurs. I'm not sure about you, but I've been an admirer of Greg Popovich's for a while now. Could we be seeing the end of the pop era in San Antonio? Yes, this to me, this is going to be his last season if he doesn't stop before the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, I I think there's a smoke to the fire of. I mean, Becky Hammond had three or four head coaching jobs lined up, like it was hers for the taking, and she's still in San Antonio on Pop's Pop's uh, bench. I think that's telling. Yeah, I agree. That's what I felt last season. I thought he wasn't going to make it through this off season. You know, the Olympics retire done. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. um, no, but like, like you said, with the Olympics, like we've seen him work some miracles in the past. I mean, getting that team USA, you know, squad on track after that shaky start, if for some ungodly reason, if Pop ends up taking this team that has DeJounte Murray and Al Camino to even a play-in uh, round, would that be the ultimate testament of just how great of a head coach he is? Could be, yeah. I mean, he's already one of the one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game, but this can prove just a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. TJ's joining us for a little bit. Now let's uh, kind of... Cut to the chase a little bit, shall we? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Since you are a Utah Jazz fan, let's talk about them. You know, fresh off the top seat, second round exit. Not only did the Jazz keep who they needed to, keeping both Mike Conley and Joe Ingles, uh, they also added Rudy Gay, Eric Pascal, Hassan Whiteside, and Jared Butler. I mean, the only guy that they really lost was Derek Favors. So returning a team headlined by Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Mike Conley, how critical will adding this new talent to the roster be to help prolong the long-term health of the team, uh, which is somewhat of a major weakness heading into the playoffs last year, and how critical is changing the training and conditioning staff going to be? It's huge. Um... Rudy Gay, first of all, let's let's hit him first. I know he's going to be not ready to go by the beginning of the season, is what the newest reports have said. Yeah. Um. But he's huge, like he's a huge upgrade. We could do the small small five for him. Yep. Small ball five. Um. Whiteside, I mean, man. A few years back, when he was important, like he was giving Rudy a run for his number. Yeah. So as yeah, having him as a backup, I. We got the best two defensive centers in the league right there for a starter and backup. Oh. Uh, Jared Butler, he's going to get some playing time, I think. I think he's he's got the skill. Um, you know, the heart thing, they, they cleared him to play. I don't think it's that big of a deal. 
Yeah. I'm not worried about it. Oh, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hitting on Whiteside, I've always thought like, you know, back when he was in Miami and even, you know, like you said, going into Portland, he was one of the best defensive players in the entire league. Even then, if he can get to even like remotely close to that same level, I think it's going to be a huge boost defensively for that uh, bench lineup. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I can't remember who said it on Twitter, um, but the argument was made that if the Jazz finish with the top seed again in, in the NBA this season, which I think they will, I have them as my number one, Donovan Mitchell has to be considered uh, the MVP. Uh, just how insanely gifted and amazing has Mitchell been, not just for the Jazz organization, but for this community as a whole. Yeah, he's, he has changed his community completely turned it around i feel anyways in my own life and everything people i see everyone's changed just because of him like (laughs) dude he's he's great um full-on superstar in and off the court yeah he's not a star in the making anymore in my opinion he is full-blown superstar right now you hear that Shaq? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, no Shaq's actually changed his tune now he's he's oh yeah I, i'm sure he him, has but... him him and kendrick perkins have both said donovan mitchell if he's not number one he's number two in the entire league in that in that shooting guard category yeah yeah i think per- perkins had harden number one and mitchell number two so you know seeing them kind of come around is uh definitely rewarding <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> So let's briefly touch on the Golden State Warriors. Uh, this yeah. is a team that was used to dominating the league for a while there. And last season, we kind of saw a little bit of what a healthy and focused set Steph Curry. I'm getting the two Currys confused now. <laughs> um, what a healthy and focused Steph Curry can still do with Draymond Green kind of locked in, Clay Thompson back from injury, and a return of Andre Iguodala. Plus, they added Otto Porter Jr. and Avery Bradley. Could the Warriors once again be looking to take the mantle of the most dominant team in the league? I don't think they're going to be the most dominant team in the league. Um, They're going to be really good again. If Clay is back to himself, which is kind of, you know, two big injuries, two of the biggest injuries, you know, Recently, it's, it's going to yeah. be kind of rough for him anyways. It, but he's a, him, he's a fighter, man. He's a fighter. He's going he's gonna to play his hardest for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough for him to come back, not just from Achilles, but was it a torn ACL, I think it was? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, like you said, those are the two roughest injuries a basketball player can actually get. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. You know, it, I think their success is solely going to be on him and how well he can play. I agree. And it's definitely an interesting mix. The Warriors right now have of young and old where you've got the old guard from those dominant teams. And then they mix in some young guys like Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, James Wiseman. Is this team essentially going to be sticking around for a while, even after the old guard of, pretty much uh, moved on. 
And if so, who do you see being the leader of this team once Steph Curry's time is up? Good question. I feel like all of these guys are talented enough that they all can't be on the same team later on. Um, the leader, though, uh, it's always going to be Steph to be, man. You can't just <laughs> no. take him out of it. Even if he's on the bench, like he's, he's still the leader, dude. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's phenomenal. He's probably one of the best. I, I was old enough to remember watching Larry Bird. Steph Curry is probably one of the most insane shooters I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. TJ is joining us for a little while longer. Uh, so, of course, it would be a crime punishable by watching Game 7 of the 2002 Western Conference Finals if I didn't talk about the Lakers. Don't look at me. I don't make the rules here. How insanely loaded is this team on paper right now? On paper, insanely loaded. Exactly how you said it. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's funny to me. These guys aren't in their prime anymore. So oh I, <laughs> I feel like it's just a bunch of guys that just wanted to get get together and play basketball again, like old times. You know. I, honestly, to me, I don't think they're going to be a top six team in the West. They Ooh. might be, might be a playing team. Okay. There's a bold prediction. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also don't subscribe to the theory that the Lakers are unstoppable like everybody else is suggesting. To me, the Lakers, uh, you know, probably are top four, top five, maybe. But if for whatever reason, let's say the stars just happen to align perfectly, LeBron and AD and all them find the fountain of youth and they all, you know, just steamroll through everybody and end up winning the title. How much of that will hurt LeBron's legacy, considering that he will have had to gather all of these guys just to win number five? I mean, his legacy is pretty hurt <laughs> already from last year, you know. Um, no, not just last year, but no, I LeBron's LeBron, you know. He's a fan favorite, has always been a fan favorite since his rookie year. Um, he's going to have a legacy. He's going to be top three yeah. for, the, for forever, pretty much. Yeah. And it's funny because on the last uh, interview episode, I talked with Cruise Control. He basically uh, agreed with the point that we really can't, do like a goat quote unquote um, argument right now because players from different eras have different styles and whatnot. Like comparing Jordan to LeBron or Bill Russell to Shaq is just unfair, you know, especially for the guys that are in the current era. Um, who would you, uh, if not LeBron, who would you view as like maybe the top uh, player or two players? of the LeBron era, quote unquote. Man, throwing it back. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. LeBron era, I mean, it's got to be LeBron. He's still, he's proven that. Right. Um, man, Tim Duncan's a little old. 
<laughs> but like if LeBron know. wasn't in the picture from like 2003 to maybe two years ago, who would be the top player or players uh, in that era? We got Katie. Yeah. First of all, um, honestly, I think he has a better chance of being the quote goat than LeBron does. Um, man, him and Steph. Mm-hmm. I want to put Steph in that category as well. Yeah, I know we fit Steph hard today, but you know he's <laughs> he's a likable guy. Yes, he, he is. You know? he, he annoys me with that mouthpiece thing he does, but <laughs> he's you um, know off the court he's actually very likable, very you know kind of relatable as relatable as billionaires can be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so TJ's joining us. Uh, two more thoughts before I let you go. Okay. Who is in your Western Eastern Conference Finals? Jazz and Nets. Well, I mean, oh, oh you mean, okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to go Jazz. Uh, I'm thinking of seeding now. Jazz are going to get the one seed. Trying to think of. Well, if it helps you, Amy, I've got Jazz and Suns in my conference okay. finals. I don't think the Suns are going to make it to the finals. Ooh, okay. Um, second round exit. Second round exit. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, keep in mind, Clippers don't have Kawhi, so we can't yeah, say Clippers. You're right. You know, let's let's go a little bold here. Let's go Denver. All right, Jazz and Denver. I'm down for a Jazz Denver rematch. Rematch, absolutely. Yep, the way they eliminated us a couple of years ago, I'm down for it. It would be exciting, <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah. Let's put, let's put them back in the bubble as well, for just for the fi- the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> nah, I gotta have that home crowd. I have that home crowd. <laughs> no, no, I get, it. I get it. All right, who's in your East? I've got Bucks and Nets. Yep, I got the same. Yep. And then lastly, uh, what, who are the three players that you've got your eye on as far as the MVP? Uh, we're going to throw Jokic. All right. Um, Giannis. Okay. I'd say I'd throw Donovan in there. I just don't think Jazz are going to get enough attention again. Okay. But – um uh Embiid's gotta be up there as well. Mm. Yeah, we'll we'll throw Embiid top three. All right. Yep. I I'd say Embiid, especially if this Ben Simmons thing does not get resolved anytime soon. I would have to say um I would throw Giannis in there, but I think you know, the voters probably have Giannis overloaded at this point, so you probably wouldn't uh, vote him this time. I would say Jokic is a good one, uh, especially if Denver makes the top three again. And I don't know. I think Donovan Mitchell's, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to sound like a homer, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell's in there, but I would say Durant. Uh, especially if this Irving thing does not get resolved and he just is stubborn as all hell and refuses to get his vaccines. By the way, guys, get your vaccines, please. 
um, you know, if he doesn't, you know, abide by that, you know, how do you not throw KD in the conversation? You're absolutely right. He, he proved in the Olympics already what he is. Um, yeah, if this Kyrie thing, Kyrie thing does not work out, for sure, I can see KD getting MVP. Yeah. And then I kind of like one last question. How likely is it that Rudy's getting another defensive player of the year? <laughs> Yo, he's going to earn it, but he's not going to get it. Oh, you don't think so? <laughs> no, no, uh, they're not going to give him four. Yeah, probably not. They don't yeah. want him passing Ben Wallace. No. Or Dikembe or... If he was guys. on any other team, they'd give him... They, he'd have five next year. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, TJ's been joining us for a little while. Uh, TJ, it's always nice. Thanks for filling in on the pinch and... For sure. uh, let's go jazz. Go let's go. Season. So with that, we are out of time for today. I want to thank TJ for hopping in, stepping up and filling in for Ben uh, and getting us to an amazing NBA preview episode. Um, yeah. And I want to thank each and every one of you for watching the video episodes on Facebook and YouTube, as well as listening and downloading on all the providers, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, all of the providers. Your support is greatly appreciated and has not gone unnoticed. So thank you as always. Reminder that this episode is sponsored by Galactic Blue your professional web development, graphic design, and logo design resource. Visit galacticblue.net for more information on how your business can benefit from our services. If you'd like to help support the podcast, I'm open to suggestions. Hit me up at raul@theclosingtag.com. We're on all the major platforms, as I mentioned. Uh, each and every video episode of the podcast, like this one, can be found on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Links are in the description. Thank you as always for watching, for listening, for downloading, and remember to always include your closing tags. I'm not all presentation.